I'm always amazed when I meet someone who has taken a trial, a struggle, a hardship, or some adversity in their life and used it to change and impact their community or the world. So often when tough stuff happens to us or when life hands us a really huge, massive lemon, we use that as an excuse to sit and throw ourselves a pity party. But when we flip that on its head and instead use that hardship for good, it's amazing what we can accomplish. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guests this week are Ben and Laura Harrison, the founders of Jonas Paul Eyewear, a children's eyewear company focusing on creative, fashion-forward eyewear for kids. The brand was inspired by their son Jonas after he was born with a rare eye disease. As they were on the hunt looking for stylish eyewear for their son, they noticed limited options and decided to create their own brand of eyewear that inspires confidence in children. Through their pain and suffering, they have impacted thousands of children. They were blessed to be only a few hours away from some of the best eye care in the world that has helped provide Jonas some sight. In return, they have turned their blessing into helping kids in undeveloped countries in the need of sight. With each purchase, they help provide sight to children in need. For being a little over four years old, they have impacted over 30,000 kids around the world. This is an incredible conversation I know you're going to love. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Ben and Laura. Hey, Ben and Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hey, Molly, thanks for having us. I am happy to be here. Yes, I'm so pumped to have you both on the show. And I absolutely love, love, love what you guys are doing and your mission with Jonas Paul Eyewear. And I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm really excited to just hear your story and hear really get deep into how you guys got started and um, just the heart and the mission behind this company. So I want to just kick it off and have you guys give us the Ben and Laura 101. So tell us your story, where you guys are from, how you met, and how you guys got started with Jonas Paul Eyewear. Yes. So um, yeah, I guess, you know, kind of our little bit of our background before we um, got to where we are today. We won't give our whole life story, but a a quick snapshot of it um, is, yeah, so I grew up um, in Iowa. Um, Woohoo, go Hawks, if anyone (laughs) is listening from Iowa. (laughs) Um, I'm sure there are people cheering. (laughs) And Ben grew up in Indiana, and go Hoosiers, woohoo. and we ended up actually going um, to college, which is where we met. We went to Taylor University, which is a small liberal arts school in Indiana, central Indiana. And that's where we, um, yeah, we studied. And then towards the end of our time at Taylor, kind of our paths crossed a little bit. And, um, and that's... Well, our paths crossed multiple times. And <laughs> uh, we joke about it because I didn't. She didn't remember me the first few times we met, but, you know, I kept <laughs> at it and slightly eventually awkward. by the end of the, you know, end of our career at Taylor, we, um, yeah, we met and fell in love. Aww. So, anyway, sorry, continue. It's like a fairy yeah, tale, it's... fairy tale story. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it's funny because Ben always talks about like, we had these events at Taylor called Pick-A-Dates, which essentially was where your whole wing, like 
you know, 30 girls um, would go on a giant date. So all 30 girls would ask 30 guys and you'd go and do like this very fun. It was very safe. safe. Group date. Oh, we did that. I was in a sorority. And so like, yeah, we called them grab a dates, but like, yeah, 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 we totally did that. (laughs) Yeah. So it was so fun. And, um, and I often went with, um, other people on Ben's wing other than him and um, but we knew about each other but he was just always a little bit slow to to, the game, to ask me to, to ask go you. with so him people always, other people always got to her first yeah. so wait so Laura did, uh, you, it all worked out. did you like Ben and Ben didn't you didn't know if Ben liked it was it one of those situations or were you guys just kind of feeling it out yeah <laughs> Yes, we kind of were feeling it out, and I think he, you know, he was he was sly and how he like kind of was talking to me, and you know, it's when you're in your twenties and you're just like, ah, like who oh, cares yeah. in the world? Yeah, you're just I kind of a free spirit and, and awkward and yeah. awkward at the same time. Um, and yeah, so he, yeah, he kind of pursued, and it all it all worked out great. I like so, it. Um, yeah. So, I, so then we, yeah, so we. Uh, yeah, so met end of end of Taylor, and then uh, I was kind of grew up in a family of professors, and so I was gonna pursue my master of fine arts in photography, kind of prior to career services, talking about how few jobs there are in the fine art education realm. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, we you know Laura and I, we were both creative. I was photography uh, with a computer graphic arts background, and Laura was communications in undergrad. And naturally, out of college, a lot of our friends were getting married. So it ended up, you know, we ended up getting a lot of weddings, et cetera, because people were like, oh, you're creative and we don't have a lot of money. So could you photograph our wedding? And we were like, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I ended up doing a lot of wedding photography. And then I happened to be good at SEO back in the days when like search engine optimization was actually easy. Yeah. <laughs> before Google kind of cracked down on it. Oh, so, for sure. Uh, we ended up getting a lot of destination weddings because we ended up, we showed up on kind of the first page of results for destination wedding photographers. So that was fun. We got to, you know, when we were, we got married, uh, I guess, December 2005. And so we were able to do that for roughly 12 years or so kind of, yeah, and got to travel together and meet a lot of great people and do that. And then along the way, we kind of started to recognize needs within our own industry, things that we thought we needed. And uh, we were always kind of of that mindset of, you know, just kind of being more open and like putting things out there for other people to help them out, et cetera, kind of that rising tide raises all ships mentality. So we kept kind of coming up with these different things. One was you know, design-related resources and then kind of started putting it out there to see if anybody wanted it, and it ended up helping a lot of other photographers. And then we ended up launching a website template and hosting company um, as well, you know, in that that whole process. And so in the end, we kind of had three different businesses that we were, you know, running simultaneously and feeling like we always kind of wanted – you know, desired impact, you know, with our work as well. It kind of felt like there were, you know, oftentimes, you know, work in your personal lives are kind of these siloed things where it feels like you can't be, have this cohesive approach to both where your work is also making that impact that you desire and just making the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, we ended up kind of getting our answer through the birth of our son, which we weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. You know, we... Uh, we're having, you know, still young, 
you know, a normal pregnancy, you know, as normal as it can be. I'll let Laura speak to that because <laughs> yeah. it's not easy, but as normal as it could be and, you know, no, no major com- complications. And then, yeah, Jonas was born March 28th, 2013. And, mm. you know, we can remember that moment when he was born, you know, it was kind of, and Laura ended up having to go into a kind of an emergency C-section because mm. he was, his heart rate was dropping and things were happening. And so had the C-section and, you know, he came out and he, you know, cried. And so we cried, you know, it was like that moment, you know, where we didn't know if, you know, there, if he'd be breathing, et cetera. So it was, um, yeah, so that was just an amazing moment when he was born and he cried. And then, you know, I remember bringing him over to Laura and the first thing Laura asked was, does he have pupils? And, you know, that's not typically the response, you know, when you're, you know, a new child is born, when you're just expecting, you know, this completely normal, quote unquote, normal, you know, healthy child. Yeah. And so I was like, well, just, you know, give him a moment. He's just he been just born. born. It's a <laughs> intense process and, you know, a shock to his system. So let's just give it a minute and kind of but let it But what's funny you know, about that is I don't remember. I think when you're in, I mean, they say that, that when you're giving birth, whether it's, you know, vaginally or by C-section, your body literally like transforms into like a different space, like oh, yeah. mentally, which is probably why we all have, you know, a lot of people decide to have more children than one. Um, and, and I, I don't remember a ton as far as a lot of the detail goes, but I do very specifically remember lying there and wondering what's going on there. And, but your, your mind kind of closes off, like, I'm sure it's fine. Like you kind of just, you know, are able to push those emotions aside a little bit and, Um, but on the flip side, we, I think we kind of had this little feeling in the back of our brains that maybe something just isn't quite right, but you know, maybe we're just overanalyzing it at the same time. So it was kind of this weird space at the very beginning, like right out of the gate with Jonas. Cause I think we ultimately wanted everything to be fine, which is what every new parent desires for yeah. their child. What prompted you to say, does he have pupils? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I was going to say, because I was like, I've had I've had a couple kids, and I don't think I've ever yeah. thought to ask that question. Well, I remember yeah. when Ben brought him over, like, his he had his eyes were open, but they just looked very cloudy. So um, you couldn't really like see any, like, kind of definition in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I remember just thinking, like, is that – I've never done this, but, you know, I'm pretty sure, like, that – isn't maybe something that's supposed to happen. But like Ben said, we kind of just dismissed it thinking, you know, he was just born, like let them clean him off, let him like see if there's any like goopies in his eyes or whatever's going on. And so, um, but then kind of from there, you know, I would say the next, I like to say those first like solid 12, eight to 12 hours we had with him were, Some that I'll never forget because in that moment we had not yet been told anything was wrong with him. And, um, and I find that to just be really, I felt like I leaned so heavily into that because the second we found out something was wrong with him, it all changed very quickly. And so at least I can remember back to those first few hours we had where we felt like there was nothing wrong with our new baby and everything was perfect. And, um, 
Yeah. And so I do feel like that was really good for both of us to just have those moments where, um, where Jonas was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Cause it kind of led into this whirlwind where, you know, the pediat- pediatrician visited us and kind of confirmed our fears, just said, you know, everything looks normal, but his eyes just don't look right. I haven't seen it before, but you know, something just isn't right. So I'm gonna have a pediatric ophthalmologist come in and then she came and took him away for a couple hours and came back and, um, yeah, and basically just said, kind of reiterated the same, I've never really seen this before, you know, but it doesn't look good. And Laura just, I remember her screaming, just like, is he blind? And she just kind of sucked the oxygen from the room because she just said, I don't know, but it doesn't look promising, essentially. So, yeah. um, so anyways, so like Laura said, we kind of went from this, like, you know, moment of celebration with our family to all of a sudden, you know, it just, it kind of snowballed from there and it became you know, specialist visits. And, you know, yeah. he was, he has a pretty specialized case. So he, we ended up having to go to University of Michigan because nobody locally could kind of manage his case and, you know, ended up, this is fast forwarding a little bit, but ended up with 21 eye surgeries in his oh first three goodness. years of life. Um, and thankfully, you know, he does have low vision now. Uh, but was he, I guess, was he given an story, official diagnosis? Yeah, they call it Peter's anomaly, um, and it really varies. I mean, it's it's a very rare, very rare condition where the corneas are cloudy at birth, mm-hmm. and it, it's different levels. And there's some kids with other special needs, et cetera. So it's really, I mean, that's why they kind of call it anomaly yeah. as part of the name because so they really don't, don't really know, know what causes it or why yeah. it happens. Yeah, but I do remember. We're actually going to get to where Jonas Paul Iwer starts, I swear. <laughs> no, um, you're good. I'll take like you know, two-thirds of the interview just to get to there. <laughs> but um, anyway, so what I guess inspired it was we, you know, our first visit to University of Michigan. The doctors did kind of mention that a lot of times kids with Peter's anomaly do have some level of vision. You know, can't promise anything, but they do have potential for sight. And I think that I kind of just clung to that. Laura yeah. and I both did. Um, just that hope that he might have some sight. And so then that led me down a path of trying to find, you know, stylish glasses for him because he already wasn't going to maybe look normal. So I thought if he had some, you know, cool hip glasses, uh, you know, he could look like a little stud muffin. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. this thing be kind of, you know, distraction or, you know, cause people to stare at him, et cetera. So yeah. and keep in mind, this is when Jonas was two weeks old. Yeah. So oh this was very, very new. So yeah. So yeah. I, I'm always, I'm kind of always the dreamer, always thinking about like <laughs> the next, you know, the next 15 years or whatever. So, um, yeah. So started looking at options and felt like they were lacking, felt like there were athletic styles and then there were cartoonish styles and then there were just like more medical device looking styles. Yeah. And felt like there was a gap in the market for more stylish glasses that kids actually got excited about wearing. And, you know, and that was kind of my long-term mission was to make glasses cool. Cause I felt like it, there's no reason for kids to be picked on for glasses anymore when adults wear them just for style accessories and don't even need glasses. So mm-hmm. my long-term mission was to just eliminate that stigma of glasses where you don't have to be embarrassed. And, um, just thinking of those, I'm all over the place with my thoughts here, but uh, just thinking about, you know, we all bear those scars from when we're in elementary school, you know, and it's just such formative years between like the ages of five and 10. Mm-hmm. 
and thinking if we could eliminate some of those potential moments for bullying, et cetera, we could kind of change the trajectory of people's lives just from a confidence standpoint. So all of that to say, we felt like, you know, this gave us an opportunity to feel like we could make a difference, not only for Jonas, but then also for any other parents who had kids that wore glasses, et cetera. So yeah, I got to the drawing board. Like Laura said, it it was quick or it was early on and I moved quickly with things. You know, we we kind of just I think with the backgrounds we had, we felt like we were kind of being prepared for being able to execute on this with the photography side and the graphic design side and the website experience. So yeah, I got to designing the first batch of frames, uh, five styles, and we ended up actually launching December of 2013. So the same year that uh, Jonas was born was the year that we launched. So a little bit of a whirlwind, but again, I felt like it was a creative outlet that gave Laura and I just a feeling like we were able to do something for Jonas when we felt so helpless with his, you know, medical condition. Yeah. So I have actually seen this need myself. My best friend actually has three girls. She has um, an eight-year-old and twin five-year-olds and all three of her girls wear glasses and her twin five-year-olds, one of the twins is on the smaller side. And when they had to get glasses, I remember her, her smaller twin um, was not did not fit into kids glasses she had to wear like basically like toddler size glasses and it was such a struggle for her to find glasses that were you know cute and stylish and didn't look like baby glasses if that makes sense and so I've just I've seen this process and you know her older girl has had to go through three or four different pairs and so I've I've watched her you know kind of struggle with this and um, so I know that this is a huge need in the marketplace and so the fact that you guys were able to see this need because it was a need in your own family and then set out to launch this business the same year your son was born I mean that is incredible (laughs) yeah people thought we were a little crazy (laughs) when's your when's your son's birthday uh, March 2013. Okay, my my daughter, my first daughter was born in August 2013. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. like, I don't think I could have <laughs> yeah. launched, yeah, launched a glasses company in the same years my daughter was yeah. born. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I look back on it, I think, oh, we had, we were a little crazy. But, um, but it also just felt like everything came together really, just really smoothly, which, um, which I think when you're, yeah, just kind of navigating, launching something, you can kind of be scared to put it out there and, you know, want to have every detail perfect and um, have all your decks lined up perfectly. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, five years later, we're still trying to make this thing perfect. And we don't actually ever put it out there to the public. So, I mean, Ben and I kind of had the approach of let's just like, get the bare bones. We self-funded it out of the gate because we just wanted to to make it happen and felt like, okay, if we just put it out there and see how people respond to it and if we're actually meeting a need um, in this space, then we'll kind of know how to move forward. And if we really, really pursue this um, full time, because at that point it was just kind of a little side thing and an idea and um, just wanted to put it out there. So um, so we felt like just getting it out into people's hands, they'll be able to tell us, you know, is this actually a good product or is this a bad product yeah. and what we need to fix and make better. So, yeah. What? And like you said, you know, that 
kind of internal struggle since it was like your friend had with glasses, you know, I've been an eyeglass wearer my whole life. So it's just kind of based on my little, you know, corner of the world and what it was like for me to wear glasses as a kid. But like you said, once we kind of did reach out there and launch it and also just be like really open and transparent about our son, you know, sometimes with disability, you can have a tendency to want to kind of withdraw and uh, it's a natural feeling and, you know, I don't blame anyone for it. Um, And we, you know, with our business, this kind of forced us to kind of be out there and be open about it. And like you said, it just, you could tell there were just a lot of other moms that Mm -hmm. were struggling with this thing and just the whole, the emotional process of finding out your child needs glasses. Cause you go through that whole, no matter the level of vision, et cetera, with your child, you go through that whole gamut of emotions like, oh, are they going to get picked on? And, yeah. you know, you start to get concerned for them and all of that and realize it's something they're going to have to do the rest of their life. So, yeah, for us, it was just exciting to launch and see that there were other people that had the same, you know, concerns as us and that were excited about having that option for their kiddos so that their kids could be excited. And right. it's been cool, too, to see the how kids respond to it when you create like a really empowering, exciting brand and also have the impact piece. Kids get really excited about it. And, you know, I love just the thought of them walking into school the first day with their glasses and then they're just like so excited about it. And they're telling their friends like, these are cool glasses. And, you know, because we got these and other kids going to have sight and well, I was it starts actually, really cool conversations. Yeah, I was going to ask ask you about that because that's something that um, you guys have not talked about yet. But uh, something that I really love about the company is not only have you guys launched this company, um, you know, in providing classes for children here, you guys actually have a give back component. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So for every frame, we call it our buy site, give site program. You know, in the beginning, Laura and I knew that um, knew how helpless we felt as parents of a child that was born blind and just couldn't imagine what it would be like to grow up in the, or to have a child in the developing world and have a child that's either blind, born blind or going blind and literally have nothing that you could do about it as a parent. So, and just how helpless you would feel. So we knew right out of the gate that we wanted to pass that blessing along to parents in the developing world. So yeah, we established our buy site, give site program. So for every frame sold, we actually do uh, vitamin A supplementation is the main focus of what we're doing uh, to prevent childhood blindness in the developing world. Because um, it really is a tragedy. The World Health Organization estimates that about 650 to 700,000 children go blind um, mm. from vitamin A deficiency every year. And what's even more sad is they estimate that 50% of those children die within the first two years of going blind. Um, So it's kind of one of those just, you know, we don't even think about it because you can just eat, you can eat like Lucky Charms and get vitamin A and vitamin (laughs) D. And you know what I mean? We have these nutrient infused foods, even if they aren't healthy. Um, So you don't even really think about, you know, the lack of vitamins and how it can affect your eyesight and, and your overall health. So. Um, so anyway, so the main focus of it is preventing childhood blindness, yeah. but then we also do have a lot of opportunities, uh, both domestically and internationally, where we donate our own eyeglasses uh, to various different, you know, ministries, as well as just, um, you know, some school programs, et cetera. So we also do, so it's a both and approach. So it's a lot of preventative as well as, yeah. um, you know, being able to provide cool glasses for kids that maybe don't have the resources to 
purchase them or, yeah, or have access to for them. Sure. For sure. I actually had a couple weeks ago, or actually, uh, I guess a couple months ago now, I had Dr. Travis Ziegler of I Love. I don't know if you've heard of them um, on the show. And they do a similar thing, but for adults. Um, and their their primary location that they work in is Jamaica. Um, but they, oh, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and they, they're, they're kind of on their mission to prevent preventable blindness um, in adults. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really cool yeah. to That's see awesome. that you guys are doing this, um, you know, and, and for kids as well, because there is such a need and um it and that was honestly even the first time that I had even heard that there was such a thing as preventable blindness I mean I just yeah. yeah it was an issue I just didn't honestly know that much about and so to open my eyes no pun intended uh to yeah. the issue was just was incredible I know you are loving this conversation with Ben and Laura and I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who was able to help make it possible that's Cosbox. As you know, Cosbox is my favorite ethical subscription box, and I have been a subscriber for it for two and a half years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories and home goods and jewelry and the best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they are doing the most good. And each box delivers incredible value with a guarantee of $150 worth of products for only $54.95. But if you use my coupon code MOLLY, that gives you $15 off, making it $39.95. Now, the products are not just beautiful, they're also useful. The summer box is here! I got a sneak peek, and you are going to flip when you see what's inside. I'll go ahead and tell you that the Turkish towel is the softest, most versatile piece I've ever seen. I mean, a towel, a scarf, a shawl. Oh, it's amazing. This box, the summer box, it's filled with over $300 worth of ethical and fair trade goods. And I am in love. To reserve your summer cause box, go to stillbeingmolly.com slash cause box and use the coupon code Molly for $15 off. Now back to my conversation with Ben and Laura. So I have to ask, like, logistically, obviously, you guys were wedding photographers when you set yeah. out to launch this company. I mean, what did you, where did you even know to start as far as, like, designing yeah. glasses, yeah. getting glasses made, like, uh, you know, shipping and fulfillment? Like, I have wow. I, I would not yes. even know where to start. Just even. Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, going from a service based and our, all like mostly all digital, digital downloads, downloads or other businesses yeah, were all yeah. online, all service, um, you know, shooting weddings just required Ben and I to be there where now it's a whole new ball game. With- that was an easy transition into <laughs> medical device, products. not only products, but also medical, medical devices yeah. that have FDA regulations yeah. and all of um, that. Yeah. A little wow. different than just selling t-shirts or things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a whole, a whole whirlwind of lots of, um, lots of learning from eyeglass specification measurements because a millimeter can make all the difference to, uh, we did a ton of research, um, in the very beginning. I'll, I'll never forget that conversation, Ben and I had where we sat at the, the table for probably like an hour at least and debated on millimeters, a millimeter yeah. of yeah. a certain bridge size, which is the measurement across the nose. And, um, and it was just funny. We we're like, do we go for, you know, whatever it was like 15 or 16, 15 or 16. And it yeah. was just back and forth. And, um, but, but I do feel like it, I, we kind of talk about that too. Like when you, you know, for us, we had this, you know, major life transition that kind of, we felt called in a different direction. Um, and when you really do find something you're passionate about, it almost doesn't feel like work. I feel like we, 
there was so much that went into it, but it's almost all a blur because it was more about like the end game of making it happen and getting our product out there and message out there. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, a ton of back and forth, a lot of time on Alibaba. Um, I had the like graphic design background, so I was able to design things in Illustrator. I kind of just did like the fronts essentially, you know, kind of the 2D renderings, et cetera, and then worked with, you know, our manufacturers, CAD designers to create the 3D renderings. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, just like grinding through it, doing as much, much research as we could. And, we did several um, rounds of sampling in the very beginning. So we'd get samples, we'd try them on as many friends, like kids friends, and cousins, cousins, kids, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, and just see how they fit. And we're like, okay, we need to tweak this, we need to fix that. And um, and the samples took a little while. So um, so we'd go back to the drawing board. So we yeah, we definitely revamped them. And then even since our first round of eyeglasses back in 2013, we've um, you know, made them even better and just kept like tweaking them little bits here and there so yeah um, but it is definitely a process you know for us I feel like we've grown in so many ways like grown up with Jonas and I feel like the business is the same way um you know where you just kind of put it out there and start yeah testing the market and then you just kind of like yeah, figure you, things out you, you learn know, you learn on the go it, make it, you know yeah <laughs> yeah no I have... to a certain extent it was just kind of like you know you start selling it and start you know getting feedback from customers sure. and I feel like all that. And then you start, as you scale, you continue to implement new systems and just there, seek as much counsel as you can. Yeah. There are so many correlations between parenting and entrepreneurship. <laughs> like yeah, it's just like, yeah. it is trial by fire. And just oh, yeah. like one day you're like, okay, this is working. And then the next day you're like, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try something yeah. different. And like, yeah. Yeah. Being willing and able to like be flexible. You know, shift and pivot when you need to because yeah. you can yeah. think, Oh, I'm gonna be this type of parent. I'm not gonna let them look at an iPad till they're <laughs> ten years old. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh yeah, that did not work. I need ten minutes to myself. Yeah. No, it is. And I think that's why like God made it so kids don't remember anything up until they're about four or five, yeah. you know. <laughs> Kind of the same with business. Like in the early stage, you don't have a huge following, so you make some mistakes along the way. And then as you get to where it's like more people are paying attention, then hopefully you're not, you know, making those same mistakes and figuring things out. So there are, yeah, there's so many parallels. But I think it's fun. Like for us, we we had a really open mind about, like I said earlier, we just wanted to put it out there and see how people responded. And since the beginning, our model has changed our pretty much every aspect of the business in some way has like, I would like to think has been improved. Um, and just being but we've been willing and able to make those changes versus saying like, no, this is how it has to be done. And this this is why we, you know, set this up exactly like this, or whatever it is, I think when you're an entrepreneur, and having a young startup and just a new business, like you have to be willing to, to shift and pivot as quickly as you need to, to just accommodate your customers and um, to service everyone better. And I feel like we've really been, we're small business still, our team is, there's 10 of us. So we're still quite small in the scheme of, um, you know, some companies out there, especially in the optical industry. And, but I think there's also beauty in being a small business because you're able to, um, to make those changes very quickly versus being this big corporate structure that takes weeks to get approvals and yada, 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 where we're like, yep, implement it, 
do it, get it done. And mm. that's just kind of how we operate and how our team works. So um, I think that's been a really big plus for us. That's incredible. And like I said, I mean, I just think the direction that you guys have come and how far you've come in five years, I mean, it's, I can't wait to see how you continue to grow in the next five. What are sort of your plans and your dreams and your visions for Jonas Paul Eyewear over the next few years? Whew, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not an easy yeah, thing to answer. Um, Keep going up into the right, as yeah, we always I think, joke. Yeah, I mean, I really think our biggest thing, like, we just want, we want, to, we want to make a big splash, you know, and make the world a better place. It sounds like sounds like a pageant answer, but <laughs> no, um, sure. it really is true. We're, we're driven by the impact piece, so we know the more we can scale the business, the more we can scale the, the impact, uh, and the more children and parents we can affect um, positively. So, um, yeah, it's hard to, hard to pinpoint exactly what that looks like, but we definitely have our, you know, kind of big, hairy, audacious goals of, you know, a million children impacted. What do we have that by? In... Our 10-year goal is 2 million children impacted wow. um, with our Buy Sight, Give Sight program. So thus far, we're um, at the end of Q1 in 2018. We were at about 42,000. So wow. we still have a ways to go a to ways to go, goal, but, but yeah, that's what gets us excited is the more we scale, the quicker that piece can scale. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's – yeah, I feel like we've just um, – I feel like the first couple of years we were just trying to get our feet wet with this and figure out what the heck we were doing. And, um, you know, like you do when you're a new parent, like you're just like, I don't know, like don't you can read customers. all the books. Oh yeah. Parenting no, books like are a load of crock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can read the books, you can try and figure out, but until it's like you're, you're in the thick of it, you don't really know what you're doing. And I would say it's the same, um, with our work. Like we just felt called to do this and felt um, like God opened these doors and our, um, skill sets and just a lot of, um, I don't know, just a lot of our past, I think was preparing us for this industry that we would have never thought Imagine we'd find ourselves in. Um, but we're here and we feel, um, feel excited about it and, um, feel like it's where we're meant to be. Yeah. And yeah. And hopefully someday Jonas will he, he likes to come into the office and make everybody smile here, but he someday. is the cutest thing. I He's mean, a sweet. I yeah. am not, oh my goodness. I yeah. have seen the pictures of him, and then I watched your yeah. segment on NBC Nightly News. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I just want to put him in a little bottle and just like bring him around with me. He's so cute. He's yeah. so, he just makes everyone smile, and he has such a positive outlook. I feel like just daily where you take him to school, he's in preschool right now, but you take him and drop him off. And, you know, he oftentimes says like, mom, I wonder what I'm going to learn today. And I'm just like, that's awesome. (laughs) If if we only all like looked at the day, like, I just wonder what I'm going to learn versus, oh, I wonder, you know, it's Monday or I have to go to work, blah, blah, blah. But his, he just is a sweet, sweet kid. And it's been neat to see even just his impact on, um, yeah, just how he's been able to help others and encourage people. So that's awesome. And I bet he's just like the hit at school. Everybody loves him. Oh yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's got some fans for sure. I love we live it. in a really walkable area of town. So we're always out walking and 
Classic yeah, people so see he's, him. Yeah. And people be like, hey, Jonas! Like, yeah, yeah, they give him honks and he, yeah. he smiles and oh, starts man. laughing and jumping around when he hears his name. It's cute. That's incredible. That is incredible. Have you found that over the years he has just really... I mean, I know this is something you guys shared a little bit in that NBC Nightly News segment, which uh, for the listeners, I will include a link to that in the show notes. Um, so you you can see that as well. Have you just have you found that he has really adapted over the years and he doesn't let his eyesight stop him from from doing anything? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it always amazes. I'm sure any parents with any, you know, children of with some special need, it's amazing how the brain is able just is able to compensate for yeah. it. So for him, he is incredibly audible. Um, you know, remembers like everything he, he hears. It's kind yeah. of a steel trap. Which, um, which even, can be like, both good and bad. <laughs> yeah, yes, seriously. Exactly. Mom and dad have to sometimes. Yeah. Like oh. Yes. <laughs> stay around him, but you listen to everything. Yeah, but no, I feel like he's, you know, definitely built his confidence up and you know, he walks with a cane, but I feel like it's been just become kind of an extension of him and mm-hmm. how he navigates the world and yeah, and he's starting to get even more independence. You know, we were at church yesterday and he just like he wanted to hear the music in the sanctuary. We're out in the front. So he just like took off and went, <laughs> went in the sanctuary. Like, Where'd so he go? Walking down the steps in the sanctuary and it's like darkly lit and you can tell people are getting anxious. Like, is somebody with <laughs> this kid? Is he okay? <laughs> but oh my God. Yeah. He's just, he's getting confident and we love it. He's, yeah. It's fun to just see him thrive and kind of just, you know, act yeah. like a normal kid. You know, and play like a normal kid and run around like a normal kid. He wants kid, to so. learn how to ride a bike and yeah. um, not really sure how that's going to pan out, but we'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. I have I don't no doubt he's going to stop like any, Yeah, it's like any child. You just kind of have to give them some freedom and know that they're going to hurt themselves occasionally, but, you yeah. know. Get builds character for sure. (laughs) Both of my kids, uh, they have basically permanent bruises and skinned knees. So, yeah, Yeah. experience is the best teacher, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. no, uh, I took one of our kids the couple recently for one of their well child visits, and I loved it. The, The doctor was like, I just love seeing bruises on knees and shins because she's like, that means that they're like out being active and doing stuff. And I was like, that's actually a good way of looking at it versus like, oh, sorry, you hurt yourself again. It's no, it's all good. You know, (laughs) I'm I'm the mean parent who like my my kid will fall and I'm just like, you're fine. Get up. Like, like, it's just a little blood. Brush it off. Well, you yeah. act like you didn't see it because, you know, if somebody sees it, then they, yeah, you look away they really fast. If, yeah, if you call attention to it, then they totally yeah. start crying. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I'll have so many people who like run up to my kids and be like, oh, are you OK? I'm like, they're fine. Like, fine. Don't yeah. even ask. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen more blood than that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it's just a flesh wound. They're good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. I love it. Well, for the listeners, I will have um, all of the information for how you can contact Ben and Laura, um, more information about Jonas Paul Eyewear and their give back program. And if you have kids that need glasses, and uh, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to check them out and support them. And it's an amazing thing they're doing. And the fact is that their their glasses are all adorable and stylish and they're just, they're fabulous. So this is the portion of the show where we get to transition a little bit and I get to ask you guys just some fun, get to know you questions. And this is 
also the portion of the show that my listeners are very familiar with where my executive producer husband gets to insert a sound effect of his choosing to transition us to the get to know you portion. Each week it's different. I never know what he's going to put. So <laughs> it's always a surprise. So sometimes yeah. I get surprise. to listen, yeah, I get to listen to the show and I go, "Really? That's the that's what you picked?" and he's just like, "What? I like it." So <laughs> It's fun. That's I love it. Rude. I love it. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. Whoa. How long you been wearing glasses? Since I was 6. Have they always been that thick? Oh, no. They, they got thicker over the years. So uh, as your eyes have gotten more and more out of whack as you've gotten older, how many different levels of thickness have you gone through? Oh, I don't know. Over 60 years. Maybe 10 times. Maybe you're ready for a thicker set. So the first question is, and you guys can, since uh, there's two of you, you can each answer this so we can get um, your your individual answers. The first one is, what was your favorite 1990s TV show? Oh, for sure, Saved by the Bell. Oh, I love it. Oh, for sure. Man. Can I take hers? Yeah. Uh, Saved by the Bell? probably mine as well. Zach Morris Slater. Uh, have yeah. you guys seen the the series on on Facebook, Zach Morris is Trash? No. <laughs> oh, no. my goodness. It's a... <laughs> It's somebody who takes these clips of Saved by the Bell to really, like, point out how terrible of a human being Zach Morris actually was. And it's like, when you watch it back, you go, oh, yeah, he kind of was a jerk. Actually, he was kind of a jerk, yeah. But you don't realize oh, it. Like, it when you're watching it at the time, you're like, I love this show. And then you yeah. really think about it. You're like, oh, yeah, he actually kind of was a jerk. It's it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's all very tongue-in-cheek. Um, oh, yeah. Because I was a huge Saved by the Bell fan, too. So. And his yeah. phone. I thought his phone was so cool. Oh, and yeah. When you think back it's on giant. it, it's so giant. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it took like two hands to hold it, probably. Yeah. My, but talk about crazy. We're already at that circle where like hipsters are wearing their clothes again. Yeah. Stonewash, oh, baggy yeah. jeans, mom jeans. So bad. Yeah. Kelly so, oh, the, the crop tops. Yeah. No, thank you. No, that should stay in the 90s. <laughs> stay yeah. in the 90s. Um, my husband actually has a bitter, he's like still bitter to this day for Say by the Bell because I apparently, I guess where, where he grew up, they, they canceled Batman and like put Say by the Bell in its place on that whatever channel and he watched Batman every day and so he was all mad that Saved by the Bell <laughs> took Batman's yeah, place. Awesome. It was like the after yeah. school like yeah. time slot yeah. change. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so he's like to worst. this day he's like I hold a grudge. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, oh man. man. All right, so the next question is what is your most used emoji? Probably I think I right now mine is the over the face, face the palm. the face like oh face I just palm. keep screwing up like that's <laughs> I do that probably almost on a yeah, daily like basis Mom right now. Fail or, uh-huh. yeah, uh, yeah, it's just a constant like, oh, man, geez, get yourself together, Laura. <laughs> That's definitely mine. I like oh, it. What about yours? It's mine. Mm. I feel like I'm a thumbs up. It's kind of boring. <laughs> but <laughs> no. It's just a quick response. Up. Yeah, it's like I just have so many people that need so many things from well, me. That coincidentally. I feel like a quick like thumbs up gives me like. <laughs> Gives yeah. enough of a like, yep, you got it. Yeah, yeah. You, you sent me a thumbs emoji. up before we it even started recording, so that totally fits. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the third question is, what is your guilty pleasure? Mm. Mm. Right now, as far as like a nighttime snack, my guilty pleasure <laughs> has been apple and peanut butter. Mm. I like want to eat it every single day. I look forward to putting my kids down 
so that I can go downstairs and cut my apple up and eat like eat it with my peanut butter and peace and quiet. It's so good. It's like so amazing. I do apple and almond butter, but I'm the same yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I just love it. I'm yeah. like all about that right now. It's yeah. so good. As far as uh, like a guilty pleasure for food. Yeah. Yeah. Mine food wise would be probably the mango slices from Trader Joe's. Ooh. Ben can crush those suckers. Like yeah, and then maybe uh, beef jerky because <laughs> Laura hates it. So I feel like it has to be like a guilty pleasure because if I eat it around her, she gets kind of like gives me that like stank face. It just smells because it smells and it's like chewy. So Sophie, yeah. our, actually, our, our daughter, daughter loves it as well. So it's kind of our guilty pleasure together. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, it's just so gross. I'd say. Well, another one for me is uh, Silicon Valley TV show. Oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> As we're in like the startup world and whatnot, I like that's it. another one of my. I like it. I say guilty pleasures because Laura's not as big of a fan. It's kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe guy humor. Somewhat, we've all we've but... all got those things. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. My last question is: For what today are you most grateful? I think just having, um, I don't know. I just feel like we're in a really sweet spot with our kids. Um, Work's crazy. It's not probably going to slow down, but I feel like we're at a point with our kids where we're getting to be a little more self-sufficient. And I just feel like it's been really fun to be because our daughter is turning three in July and then Jonas is five. And so we're out of the like super babe stage where you have to watch, like make sure they don't eat marbles or, you know, fall down the steps at every moment. Um, so I feel like it's just been fun to be in this spot with our kids. And I feel like I've really enjoyed it. And I feel like daily, it's, you know, kind of intense with, especially our daughter's just a little intense some days um, or every day, actually. But it's just fun to be seeing them grow up. And I just feel like it's, we're just in a good spot. And I feel really happy about that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. such a good thing. Yeah, I would echo kind of the same, just having a wonderful family, wonderful wife, wonderful kids, you know, just, I feel like we all need those, that like grounding mechanism, because it just improves every aspect of your life, whether it's business or work or whatever. I just feel like that Mm -hmm. I think has been essential, especially with all the craziness and how hectic work has been. It's good to have just that stable base at home that, you know, keeps you grounded. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ben and Laura, this has been fantastic. I have really enjoyed hearing your story. And thank you so much for just sharing your heart for Jonas Paul Eyewear. And just you guys are amazing parents and business owners. And just huge kudos to you for all that you do. And I cannot wait to see you guys hit your goal of 2 million kids around the world (laughs) impacted. Because I know you're going to hit it. Yes, thank thank you. you. No, thank you, Molly. Thanks for having us. Love what you're doing. Thanks for sharing these stories of, you know, yeah. And just proving that you can have your work as also make a difference. Ben and Laura and their sweet Jonas are such an inspiration to me, and I love to see what they're doing and the impact they are having on kids all over the world. I will have Ben and Laura's information in the show notes as usual and give you information on how you can shop and support Jonas Paul Eyewear. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Don't forget to go to stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out, and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing and super hunky husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Yeah.